delightful listeners. You, of course, are tuned in to Shocking, Lurid, Tawdry, A History of American Scandals. I'm your co-host, Mark Pikert. And I'm Casey Howe. And today we are going to listen to Casey Howe tell me a story. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. Uh, but first, Mark, hi, hi. Any any updates for our lovely listeners? I have a fun fact that I wanted to share. And then uh, yeah. we were <laughs> and we made ourselves stop pre-bantering so we could share it with all of you. Welcome. Congratulations. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, the only the only update I have right now is the email that just came in that you heard ding because I forgot to close out of my email. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not important. You have my full attention. <laughs> Excellent. Good to know. Good to know. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, I had a fun adventure this weekend. We went to um, we went out to the mountains to the wild wild west. Um, oh. oh, there he does. Oh, and I didn't close my. <laughs> calendar apparently so let me just go ahead and do that everybody you know what um, this is what happened we had our most professional <laughs> intro to date and we put all of our energy into happens. that that's true that's yeah. true it, took, it takes a lot out of us it takes a lot out of us Oof, yeah. Um, yeah anyway um so we went to Vail and we had to stop on the way down the mountain um uh because because uh, Brian had a business has had a business partner that he needed to meet out there, so um, I had some time to kill. And lucky me, the exit we got off on—no signage on the highway, mind you—but once we got off the exit, there was a one of those brown like landmark signs, you know, of what's there. Yes. My favorite signs, and um, <laughs> off this exit was the. Um, was the like the wild west was like bill cody's museum like a museum to buffalo bill and (laughs) it was so random but it was amazing so his um he's buried there like so he's buried on this place in colorado called lookout mountain it was his favorite place and he um throughout all of his travels with the um, the Buffalo Bill show, like the Wild West show, um, his foster son, who was really, he, the guy was really more of a, um, he started performing in the show with, with Wild Bill and, um, or Buffalo Bill, I guess is what I'm supposed to call him. He, um, so he started performing and he just kept collecting everything. And after his death, he put this museum together. So it has all these like artifacts from the shows and these great old posters. And it's just this random museum on Lookout Mountain in Colorado off of exit like 254 or something. That I feel like our reaction to COVID quarantine being lifted is to go to all of the most (laughs) random roadside attractions that we can find. Yes, pretty much. I... I was so excited when we got off the exit and, and, you know, obviously I was like, do you have enough time? Like, I don't want to leave you. I've got to go to this meeting. Will you be okay? And he literally had to text me and say, okay, I'm done. You have to come back now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, no, no. I just, I just, I need five more minutes. I need five more minutes. I'll be down in a second. Hang on, hang on. I'm not, I'm not, I need, I need to check out one other thing. It was so much fun. Anyway, that was my big exploration for the week. So 
Well, you and go. you explored something else too. You explored a scandal. I did explore a scandal. So we can we can dive into that if you want. I have oh, I have yes. one that I'm really excited about and um and I think you will be excited about it. It's always fun for me to try and figure out what the fun fact will be that Mark will really latch on to. Um, it's not but... hard to figure out. <laughs> I think I almost didn't put the fun fact in and I think I know what it's going to be, but um, I'm not gonna tell you until, until I tell you what the scandal is. So, okay, today, um, I'm going to share the scandalous story of the first female president. Yep. <gasps> That's right. That's right, folks. Um, the Edith last four Wilson? years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, well, I was going to, now my opening joke isn't, isn't as funny, but um, anyway, we'll oh, skip let's go over back. Let's that go back. one. Let's go back. I'll pretend. <laughs> so What's the your first... opening joke? I'll laugh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't, I can't. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so, I'm so I'm so lame. I'm so lame. I have to write the jokes in because I'm the worst. Um, so the first female president, that's right, folks. The last four years have all been a dream. We knew it was too horrible to be true. We did it. We elected Hillary. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Mark is that was so only smart. four years ago. That's so depressing. It's very sad. It's very sad. It's very sad. Oh, anyway, here we are. Um, but good news. We actually had a female president before that. Kind of. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. She, she had her, she had her shit together. Um, okay. So today we're going back. It's, um, to 1915 during Woodrow Wilson's presidency. Um, Edith Galt Wilson was President Wilson's second wife. His first wife had died while he was in office. Um, and Wilson courted Edith pretty aggressively before the mandatory one-year mourning period was up, uh, which was a scandal in and of itself. <gasps> Heaven forbid. Well, I've seen photos. She was a handsome woman. She was. She was. Yes, she was quite the looker. And um, Wilson actually had... Um, he was a bit of a bit of a horn dog himself. He, uh, yeah, it's he had another. Um, there, supposedly, the affair was never physical, and his first wife knew about it. But he had this like letter writing affair with this woman, Mary Peck, um, all through their their marriage, and it was yeah, it was very strange. So like he and he had kept it on after she died, and um, and then Edith crosses his path and he's like so long Mary hello Edith and uh so he kind of he liked the ladies he liked the ladies it was you know, he liked Peck. a companion I know I know uh well yeah she actually didn't find out about Edith until uh it got into the press <laughs> oh like Thelma Furness and the Prince of Wales and Wallace yes. Simpson exactly exactly so poor Mary Anyway, um, some fun facts about Edith, because she was quite a character. Um, she was born to an impoverished family in West Virginia. That's not fun. Um, but she didn't care for school much. She left college because she said her dorm room was too cold. She's like, mm -mm, not going to work for me. I've been there. Uh, yeah, I know. Her sister lived in Washington, D.C., so she thought she'd give that a try. Why not? 
Um, she was very quickly scooped up by a much older man who owned a prominent jewelry store. They yep. were married for 12 years and then he unexpectedly died at age 43. So she's a single gal. Uh, he left her quite a fortune, you know, the jewelry industry. Mm. And um, she traveled around Europe several times after his death. And uh, when she came back to Washington, she became quite the talk of the town because she was the first woman to drive her own town car. Ooh. That's Crazy. scandalous. Did she, <laughs> did she show her ankles too? I mean, I wouldn't put it past Edith. She had been in Europe by then. Oh, well, then there's no telling what she was up to. I've read Henry James. <laughs> um, she also, so as first lady, um, she, so this is, uh, we're talking 1915-ish um, and then through actually, I think, yeah, 1915, 1919, basically we're talking um, World War One, just to give everybody a nice historical reference on that one. Um, she did all of, so there was lots of rationing going on. Um, but she was the one who brought in goats to keep the White House lawn trimmed rather than using uh, the, you know, the power mower or manpower to do it because it was and in she, such shortage. She learned that trick from her impoverished childhood in West Virginia. <laughs> so true. Goats are handy for so many things. People find them very underrated, in my opinion. <laughs> And they're a great animal to just keep around, have handy. You never know when you're going to need something to eat random things. And that's what goes yeah. to so, Or milk. So true. Or cheese. Oh, love a goat cheese. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm. my gosh. Mm. Anyway, they'll spice up any salad. Just a little goat cheese. Just a sprinkle. So true. You know. And mm -hmm. a walnut. Oh, so true. So underrated. Although I do love a good Waldorf salad, so... I'm a fan of a walnut grape goat cheese mix with some mixed greens, well, a little balsamic. Mm -hmm. You know I'm an iceberg lettuce salad. That's true. That's true. I know. You love a wedge. See, that's just... I love a wedge. <laughs> See, it's just it's a slight difference between us. I'll, I'll choose the Waldorf. You'll choose the wedge. You know, we can't share a salad. I'm sorry. Can't do it. But we shared many bottles of wine over salad. We did. We did. We get our own salads, but we share the wine. That's where we, yeah. that's where it comes in. That's friendship. That's true. That's the literal definition. I looked it up. Mm -hmm. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, so Edith was We do also... too much research for these. <laughs> um, Edith also was the first first lady to travel to Europe with her husband. And it really brought up the first lady stature because in um, Europe at the time, they obviously had lots of royalty there still. World War I, hint, hint, wink, wink. And um, so she really elevated the, the role of the first lady. So anyway, um, she met with Wilson through his cousin and was encouraged to see him from his music or musician, physician. Uh, <laughs> but who doesn't love a personal musician? You know, that's great too. Um, so his physician thought that it would be good for his health because he was really depressed after his first wife's passing. But as soon as he met Edith, he perked right up. Um, she was less interested and she was like, nah, I don't have any interest in politics. I'm good. It's fine. Uh, his advisors also thought it was a bad idea because he was running for reelection at the time. And, um, a girlfriend less than a year after your wife's death is not really a cute look. 
that can get a little messy. Um, in fact, once the word got out into the press, there were rumors that the two had plotted to kill the original Mrs. Wilson. So, you know, it was a little, a little, a little messy. Let's put it that way. Can you imagine? There's no way a president, a widowed president, a widower president could date within a year now. No, no. way would any no way. advisors let that happen. No way. Well, and I mean, obviously, one of my favorite presidential movies is The American President, which naturally. sort of covers this naturally. Love that. I mean, if you're looking for a speech, you know, and like if you're a senior in high school listening to this or junior and you have to like do one of those speeches and they give you like the Gettysburg address and lots of things to choose from and you have to memorize it for like extra credit points in your English class, usually look up his speech. It's fantastic. I don't think that'll count, but you should really pitch it to your teacher. I was a big fan of uh, that Gina Davis, Michael Keaton movie about speechwriters. Was it Speechless? Ooh, that's right. I forgot about that movie. Yeah. We watched that in government class in uh, small town Texas high school. That's fantastic. No, I'm sorry. In communications class. We watched a lot of movies. That was my education. (laughs) Anyway, do carry on. Anyway, um, the point was, is that I believe even in the movie version of a president dating while he's in the White House, his wife has been dead for like four or five years or at least like longer. Anyway, so no, there's no way this would be able to happen. But, you know, the press, not it's 1915, they're 1916, actually, by now, whatever. Anyway, um, moving on. So... (laughs) Uh, his advisors also actually tried to scare Edith away even further when they leaked pre- uh, they leaked a bunch of letters that he had written from uh, the aforementioned Mary Peck um, and essentially leaked him out and she was but Edith didn't really she was like nah whatever I'm I'm better than Mary so <laughs> no competition here yeah. um, she didn't say that but I'm saying it for her um, let's see and then. So anyway, so so she says, look, I have no interest in politics, um, but all right, fine. They ended up falling in love um, and got married on December 18th. Shout out to my birthday. Um, Anyway, um, and a really small ceremony. So they get married. She says, originally, she said, you know, I don't care anything for politics. But after they got married, she actually never left his side. Um, she got super involved in, in politics. Um, she was real ladybird style, if you ask me. Mm. Um, so she sat in on, on all of his meetings. She gave him notes afterwards about what she thought, you know, who was about the people, but also about the policy. Um, she also screened all of his mail. So she'd open and read his mail and then give it to him. Um, and had access to all the confidential documents in, in like there was a confidential document drawer. Um, she had access to all of that and secret wartime codes. So she was, she was involved. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She was an active first lady. Um, so uh, after negotiating the Treaty of Versailles, so Wilson goes to Europe, she goes with them. They negotiate the treaty or they, he negotiates the Treaty of Versailles and uh, organizes the League of Nations. He comes back, he's exhausted. Um, He also knows that there's gonna be a huge uphill battle in the Senate to get these passed. So once the treaty is negotiated in Europe, we're supposed to ratify it. So we're all on board together as as a world. Um, And so he's exhausted, isolationist 
sentiment is still really strong. So he knows this is going to be just a big undertaking. Um, in October of 1919, he suffered a massive stroke. So it was actually the second for him. He'd suffered one earlier um, in his life as well. Um, but this one really was, was really, really significant. Um, and Edith essentially got with the physicians, said, okay, we're not telling anybody and locked the doors. So literally locked the doors. Um, so she took him to the residence and essentially didn't let him see anybody. The, the physician who actually the same physician that had introduced them um, was the only physician that was allowed to see him. And essentially she said, okay, no one gets to talk to him. Nobody sees him, not the cabinet, not the VP, no White House staff. Um, people would come to the White House. They'd speak to Edith about what they needed. She would decide if she brought it to the president. Um, people report getting papers back with almost illegible writings in the margins. Uh, some said it was because he had this stroke, but a lot of people were quoted saying it actually looked like nervous caregivers. So it was, they said, essentially, it was like her notes of like, oh dear, I hope no one notices kind of a thing. Um, here's a quote from her about it, which I think is interesting. Um, so she says, so began my stewardship. I studied every paper sent from the different secretaries or senators and tried to digest and present in tablo tabloid form the things that despite my vi uh, vigilance, had to go to the president. I myself never made a single decision regarding the disposition of public affairs. The only decision that was mine was what was important and what was not, and the very important decision of when to present matters to my husband. Oh, well, that says everything with, by saying nothing. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. She said, I didn't make any decisions except <clears throat> what decisions were made. Yeah. <laughs> um, so despite saying that she had no impact, um, she did fire the secretary of state after he called a cabinet meeting without the president. Um, and she insisted that the British, British ambassador fire an aide who made a joke at her expense. Um, he did not, but she tried to make that all happen. Happen. Um, cabinet members actually tried to persuade the vice president, Thomas Marshall, to forcibly re like remove him to sort of step in. Um, but Johnson said, no politician knowingly exposes himself to the hatred of a woman, particularly if she is the wife of the president of the United States. <laughs> he was like, mm, I know. <laughs> was very daunting. Yes, I think, um, I think she was um, someone you didn't really want to cross. That's how she's coming off. You know, I feel like she was so, very protective. How, how public was his stroke at the time? Was this an FDR situation? Uh, yeah, yeah. So no one really knew the severity of it. So everyone just kind of thought, okay, he's not going to do public events and you know, he's just recovering because she kept saying he needs rest. He needs rest. He needs rest. He needs rest. And that was kind of the, the statement that went out is he's resting. Um, and so he never made another public appearance and never went out. Yeah. So <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
Um, and there was no 25th Amendment at the time. So there was no way to, there was no like mechanism to remove a president other than impeachment. So there was no, he had to step down in order for the VP to step in. Yeah. And Edith wasn't going to let that happen. Absolutely not. So she always maintained that she said, look, I know what he wanted for this country and that's what I'm going to do. Plus she hated the vice president. She didn't think that they saw eye to eye on anything. So she's like, I'm not letting him take over because he's not going to do what Woodrow would have wanted. When did all of this start leaking out? Like how quickly after he left the White House did people start piping up and going, actually, Edith is yeah. terrifying. <laughs> um, well, so he didn't leave office until March of 1921. So he has a stroke in October of 1919. And essentially she effectively ran the executive branch for over 18 months. So like that's I not, did not an realize insane, yeah. a year and change. Yeah, he was only like halfway through his second term when all of this happened. And he was actually running for, because there were no term limits at the time. So he was going to run again. And so, um, so that was like, he was still going strong. So like she was, yeah. So it was a really long time. I, when I started looking into this, I didn't realize how long it was either. I was like, oh, maybe a couple months, whatever. But no, it was a long time. Yeah. Um, and he had, yeah. And he had had pneumonia during the epidemic before his stroke, hadn't he? Uh, yes. So he was, he was, I don't want to say sickly, but yeah, he had lots of health issues. He had had a stroke before that they didn't report as a stroke. They were like, oh, he's not feeling great, but it was a stroke. And then he also, I believe, yes, he had pneumonia um, uh, during the, that was the flu, like the yeah. Flu. yeah, that's yeah. What I meant I meant the uh, yeah, flu. Sorry. But uh, yeah. the the podcast, this podcast will kill you mm. about diseases. Their first episode was the flu epidemic, and they said he got the flu. And one of the things that that strain did was it really fucks up your brain and makes you more aggressive. And the, some historians' position that because he had suffered from the flu, he was much more aggressive and. Um, punitive towards Germany in pulling together the Versailles Treaty, mm, the Treaty of Versailles. Interesting, interesting. And then forced them into a position that set the stage for World War II. World War II, right, right. Yeah, the Treaty of Versailles was not great. <laughs> no. And we Ooh. never joined the League of Nations, did we? Yeah, no, actually, um, and I was going to, yeah, so this is a fun fact too, that we actually never ratified the Treaty of Versailles or joined the League of Nations, which... We Edith created. wasn't having it. No, Edith wasn't so into that. She was like, meh, whatever. Yeah. So she, um, yeah, she maintained. So, so it did leak out, but at the time, um, what she was doing was uh, praised by the press. They were like, oh, she cares so much for her husband. She's being such a good wife, taking such good care of him. They really didn't know the level to which she had stepped in as far as the presidency was concerned. So no one really knew that until later historians started looking into it. And they were like, wait, huh? This is weird. Because there were lots of laws that were passed at this time that essentially, if a president doesn't sign a law that's passed both, both the House and the Senate, it becomes law. They don't have to sign it. So after a certain amount of time, it's like 10 days or something, if, he, if the president doesn't sign it, 
it becomes law automatically. So you don't have to, but she didn't want him to sign it because she didn't want a signature because a signature wasn't right. He couldn't write. So she just essentially didn't bring him any of the paperwork to sign. These laws got passed. And, and people say that's strange because typically laws that he supported, he signed them all. So the fact that he stopped signing these laws, she, they were like, what? That seems strange. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it really wasn't, it wasn't, no one knew. And then also the fact that the Treaty of Versailles never got signed, like never got ratified um, because he had the stroke, he couldn't cam- cam- campaign for it. Um, and she really didn't, she was like, that's mm, fine, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I, have, I have a secret, I have like a secret thing where I think she like resented that trip because it, what it did to him. And so she, she was saying like, I don't, I don't care about this anymore. I just want to focus on him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's my own How, theory. When did they die? Okay, so Mark, you're doing so good at leading me to the next point. Oh, okay. I'm not meaning to. I'm just like, I when did they die? Yeah. Um, so Wilson died at home in Washington, D.C. Like uh, it was 1925. He left, left office in 1921. So four years later, he dies. Um, did he recover any any faculties or not really i don't believe so i don't believe so i think he this second stroke really left him incapacitated and it doesn't there i didn't find much about um like him recovering i don't believe he attended the inauguration um of the next president why can i never remember that one coolidge yeah harding potentially harding Harding, no, Harding, Harding, Harding. Yeah, Harding. Because um, then they got Florence in the White House. Right. <laughs> Speaking of women who killed their husbands. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into that one. Be like, hmm, that's <laughs> a little, I don't know about that one, Flo. Um, so, yeah, so, so, um, so Wilson died in 25. Um, Edith went on to live until the ripe old age of 89 and she, um, did lots of different things to try and keep her husband's, well, lots is a relative term. People have said that there, she did many things to keep her husband's legacy alive. And the only really thing that I could find was that she remained pretty prominent in Washington society and she, Uh and she dedicated all of his papers to the library of Congress. So yeah for what that's worth. Oh, well, good yeah. for her. Mm-hmm. Um, that quote that I read earlier came from her memoir, which she published in huh. 1939. And it's entitled, wow. it's entitled My Memoir. Uh, not <laughs> until Nancy Reagan published My Turn. <laughs> it's so good. It's just so unnecessary. It's so good. Oh my gosh it was like oh my, that's a great one um so then what else so, so there's so basically she's she stayed pretty prominent um when the u.s declared war on japan after pearl harbor in 1941 roosevelt actually took pains to model his speech his address to congress the one that we um that we know and love uh, he tried to model it after wilson's earlier dec- declaration and edith attended the address she was right there She also attended the inauguration of John F. Kennedy, and then she ended up dying later that year on December 28th, 1961, which was actually would have been Woodrow Wilson's 105th birthday. 
it's so weird this is what i do when i find out that people lived far longer than i thought they had edith wilson heard elvis presley music oh wow yes yes isn't that my other go-to is laura ingles wilder heard elvis presley music wow really yes wow yeah for some reason i have all of these people like i don't know i think when you put them in like the time frame that they lived then all of a sudden in my mind like they never lived past that totally well yeah. the, the time period that they were active like their time period right like when they published or when they were you know in office yeah. or something like that yeah mm-hmm. so that is the story or the scandalous story of our first female president i really need a tv a tv movie I need a limited series about this, frankly. <gasps> Great idea. Let's call HBO. We can do it a la John Adams, which by the way, should have always been about Abigail. I don't know why it wasn't. <sighs> uh, I vote for Frances McDormand to be Edith. Ooh, good one. Do you think she'd do TV? Yeah, why not? Okay. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. got two Oscars, maybe three by the time That's that true. this airs. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's not the Oscars yet. (laughs) It's coming up. Um, Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think it could really work. I'm thinking at least four parts because you got to do like early Edith because I think there's some digging to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not, and and to be honest, I mean, I don't think we need any more information about good old Woodrow. I think he's, uh, he's not, he's not really holding up as well as we'd like. He's fine. I mean, really, this all just sounds this all this all just sounds like inspiration for the motion picture nine to five, where a powerful woman gets a man out of the way and just runs things in his name. So true. So true. Yeah. Anyway, so but that's uh, that's Edith. So, yes, but critics now are very uh, are very critical of what she did. They're they're like, she should never have done that. I don't know. I'm kind of like, well, you can run it. Just run it. I mean, if you can run the pre- the presidency like Jackie Kennedy ran the White House. I mean, why not? Am I right? I know. I know. I always look at things and I'm like, oh, I would just Jackie Kennedy the shit out of that. It'd be so great. Mm-hmm.